Hello and welcome to your GG replay for Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. 0707. That's probably lucky to some people. This is a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast where we break down the latest in gaming news hosted by the Goodnight Groofs, a place for games and a place for goofs. We're still, we're workshopping that slogan right there. I am Paul and I am joined as always by Matt. How are you doing today, Matt, in the world of gaming and, and just life in general? Life is good. Gaming is good. Still going through Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like 20 nice. hours in. That's uh, good. Yeah, I've played it a lot over over yeah. this week. Somewhere in <laughs> Act 2, don't know exactly where I am. It, it's I don't feel anywhere near the end of the game, Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of wild. Um, but yeah, enjoying it. Uh, life is good. Life is good. How about you, Paul? How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm having a, a pretty good day. Um, I, I was going to ask you about your T-shirt though. I feel like it's making my day a little bit better. I love those little characters. Yeah. What, what's going on? Let me let me put the mic out of the way here. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's um. It's, the mic refuses to be out of the way. So it's the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z. Oh wow! It's it's barley and hops making beer. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet that's it was really a shirt cool. that we wore during a uh a bachelor party a couple years ago when we were all nice. just going to a bunch of breweries and stuff nice. um yeah i like that fun. it's a fun really shirt cool. it is a fun shirt my shirt is uh it's just gray just gray. Just a gray sweater i've had for a long time a sweater uh because it's finally a little bit cooler here we've had the part of that heat wave i feel like it's sweeping the western world right now we had a little bit of it oh. the last couple of days it's been hot um obviously it's not like the the oregon world's buckling heat wave but i feel like it's been kind of moving this way because yeah we had like some days that were were warm i don't i don't know what you'd say in fahrenheit they were like uh like with the humidity it was probably like 40 celsius or something so it's warm yeah, I, yeah. I, it's funny you mentioned that because literally right before we got on here, I saw there was like a trending Twitter story where like it's so hot in Canada that like oysters are cooking in their shells or something wow. like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we we had a, quite a heat wave and then there's kind of a cool front that's sweeping the nation now too. So a cool front that's sweeping the nation. So uh, we had a rainstorm last night, so that's helped. So I'm I'm back to sweater weather. I mean, it's still too hot for sweaters, but if you stay inside all day, it's always the perfect temperature for sweaters. And that's, that's true. just lovely. Unless you live in the Pacific Northwest where they don't have air conditioning. And uh, it was during last week. <laughs> that's something I was listening to. Actually, I was reading that was so interesting was with people talking about the, the places where climate change and, and the crises can be most dangerous this is in places that aren't traditionally hot. Because like things like Arizona, sure, Arizona is going to get hotter, but they're, they are already prepared for heat. They've, right. they've already got AC. But places that never would have planned to get AC because they never expected it would get hot. As it gets hotter, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> Look, like it's it's time to put air conditioning in the buildings in the Pacific Northwest. Like even yeah. even before this, like it yeah. still does get hot there sometimes. Yeah, like, like what absolutely. are we what are we doing? I know it's kind of strange. I mean, you can get on a whole rabbit hole with that, but uh, yeah, stay cool, folks. It's a hot one out there, uh, as your neighbor uh, from your childhood might tell you. Uh, any corrections from the previous show, Matt? There were not, because we we just nailing it recently. Nailing High five it. to us, self five. Or can we do it through like the ooh, like I, wait this way, this way, this way, other direction? Is it? Is it yeah. either way? There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, that <laughs> nice. All right. 
Um, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, send them over to ggreplayshow at gmail.com or head on down to the YouTube comments if you're watching us on YouTube, and we can address them in the next episode. We love to hear from you. Even if you just want to tell us that everything we said was right and you love it, we like that too. Uh, the reviews are in... <laughs> We have some games that have been reviewed and have some scores. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, um, which we know is kind of a turn-based RPG. Got an 82 on Open Critic. That's pretty darn good. Um, that's, I think, one of the higher scores we've seen recently uh, when we've been doing the reviews are in. I think that we've had a lot of games that are kind of middling. So that's good. Um, I don't know, Matt, you play too much of a Monster Hunter guy. I'm not, um, but um, cool to see. I'm intrigued by Monster Hunter... Like the new like Monster like, Hunter World type like stuff. Like World, yeah. Not necessarily Monster Hunter stories, but I know that it has its fan base in 82. Solid. So the Great game stuff. comes out in two days. So enjoy that. Love it. Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline, which is a story expansion. Um, is it, So this is a standalone expansion or, or would you require uh, them? I think this is DLC. DLC. Yeah. DLC expansion. Got a 71 on Open Critic. Uh, which is, you know, middling again, um, I would say. Um, and yeah, it's kind of notable because it features the main characters from the first two Watch Dogs games. Uh, Watch Dogs kind of flew past me. I tried the first one because I got really hyped from the original buzz. I think a lot of people did and didn't really grab me, and I've, I've never come back. Um, I knew you're kind of an Ubisoft guy. Did, did you Have you gotten into Watch Dogs a bit, or does this sound interesting to you at all? Similar deal for me. I played the first Watch Dogs a few years after it came out, and it just didn't really grab me. The second one, I played it. It was free on something at some point. And yeah. again, same thing. Played it. Just didn't really grab me. I don't know what it is about the Watch Dogs games. You know, usually I am in, into those yeah. Ubi, those uh, Ubisoft open worlds. But the Watch Dogs games uh, just uh, didn't didn't grab me. Legion looked like it, like it had a cool idea. But I have to imagine Legion just did not do as well as the first two. The first two did really well. Yeah. But you just haven't heard that much about Legion. So, I don't no. know. Well, we heard a lot in the lead up, and, and they were doing a lot of sales, and it came out as next-gen consoles were coming out, so I think they were trying to really push yeah. that. Yeah, And just, I feel like it didn't really didn't really hit, because uh, there was a lot of other hype and a lot of other, a lot of other things happening. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully there will be, uh, maybe next time they can focus on the grip in the game so that they can grab you better. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, hey uh, okay. Big news. We all want to talk about. It. We all want to know what's going on, or we don't. Maybe want to talk about it because we're we're sad. Not me necessarily. Uh, Nintendo Switch, the OLED model, the actual name of the console, um, has been announced. Uh, we all kind of a lot of people thought this was a Switch Pro. That was the rumors. Um, so what we're getting is October eighth, which is actually a fair amount of time out from now. It's certainly not like. Uh, Certainly not like a summer thing. October 8th for Holiday, baby. Holiday, baby. Uh, $350 uh, US, US dollars. That's that's a lot. Um, I yeah. mean, it's you know, it depends on perspective. We can talk about that more. But yeah, it's $50 more than the uh, the normal Switch um, with the LCD screen. And $150 more than the Switch Lite, um, which we all know is like the non-dockable mobile-only version of the Switch. Uh, so yeah, we got seven-inch OLED display. Um, this, this, the normal Switch has six point two, Switch Lite's five point five. So this, you know, it's it's a bit of a, a bit of an upgrade. I mean, certainly if you're, you know, if you're looking, if you're a handheld player and you've been maybe playing a Switch Lite, you maybe want to upgrade to something a little snazzier. This would be an inch and a half might give you something. 
Uh, we've increased onboard storage from 32 gigs to 64 gigs. Uh, you know, we got some cool stuff. We got a wider kickstand, which a lot of people like. Uh, the built-in kickstand actually looks pretty good, um, and a, a built-in Ethernet port. Uh, is that uh, there? You go, Matt. Is that what you've been jonesing for? Revolutionary. It was. Revolution. On, I, I'm pretty sure that was on the PlayStation Two. So <laughs> I think it, it definitely was on the PlayStation uh, Two. Yeah, it's about time. Um, you know what? I mean, here's the thing. Um, so, so and then the big kicker we can all talk about: same CPU, same RAM, same battery life as a normal Switch. So here's the thing, and, and, and I'll say right off the bat, none of these are negatives. Everything's good. I mean, these are all improvements, the, I would say. I would say the, pr the price is a negative. Well, yeah, sorry. I meant, like, in terms of the actual device, um, they haven't done anything where you're like, oh, I'd, I'd like it for this reason, but it has this feature that I like less. It's not um, actually, worse than the Switch. It's, yes. It's, it's, I will it's, say, all around, it is an upgrade. Some people were actually disappointed because they took away a USB port to put in the Ethernet port. And I actually oh. did see that brought up. And that's interesting because you can just buy a little dongle for Ethernet for like 10 bucks and plug it into the USB. Okay. So if you really wanted Ethernet that bad, you could have done that. Would have had similar latency. And if you don't want to do that, you would have had an extra USB. So I saw some people actually saying that that's an interesting point. Um, but I will say in general, it's a fine upgrade. This would have been a perfect console to have as like when the, the the improved switch already came out that had the, the better battery life and some other things like that this would have been a perfect thing to come out at the $300 price point uh to replace the original switch that that just would have been a good new switch i think that's exactly it this is my issue is that this isn't replacing the switch model this is yeah a new switch why why is it uh, why do we need this second option? It should be replacing the Switch, and it should still be three hundred dollars. We it, this is it really too much. Switch Lite and a Switch and an OLED Switch doesn't make sense to me. All all priced that way, very strange. Yeah. It's a little um, concerning to me that Nintendo is very clearly catering these upgrades, will or these iterations is what we'll call them, uh, to the handheld side of things. The Switch Lite. Purely a handheld console. Yep. Uh, now, all of these upgrades for this new OLED model, these are pretty much specific to it being a handheld console. It, the, the whole docked thing, nothing's been improved. The whole benefits of OLED are something you'd only benefit from in handheld, and even right. if you pretty marginal, like I, I don't know what they think OLED is like this like game changing thing. If you came out with another console and it happened to have an OLED screen, great, my blacks are deeper and the color contrast might be slightly better. It's certainly not a selling feature of if everything else is the same. Pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you never play in handheld mode, if you're just a docked Switch person. This is completely pointless, a hundred percent pointless. It's yeah. so weird that they, it, it's just, it's just weird to me that this is a second option and not replacing the old model, and and I th that it's three hundred fifty dollars. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think, I think clearly this is made for people who don't already have a Switch, or I would say it might be for people like I was kind of saying, people who have a Switch Lite who already play handheld who might want to move to docked and then but they also yeah, love guess. handheld so much that they want the OLED screen maybe or they uh, you know so i mean do you think it's do you think an OLED screen is worth no and listen i'm a big OLED screen guy especially as someone who's used a lot of you know android smartphone devices i've used you know i've switched between ios and android all that kind of thing I, I, OLED is something i like in a screen it's something i i i tend to to skew toward um that being said 
Uh, it's pretty tough. It's a pretty tough sell. And here's another thing too that's interesting. Um, uh, we don't. I don't think we have confirmation just yet, but it's very possible that it's a pentile OLED display. In which case, um, 720p on a pentile OLED display is actually lower than, than actual 720p because of the way it interlaces. I don't know the. Ex I'm not like a, <laughs> a full nerd enough to tell you why. Um, but this actually very well could have lower visual resolution at 720p. Um, but you know, we get the deeper blacks, and it's like, okay, well, we already have a 720p screen, which we're starting to see. We, I think, on the Switch, you can see pixels if you look. Um, so then you're looking at a 720p screen, already playing like games at 540p half the time. And then also it's lower than that. Like, are the blacks worth it? And I got to tell you, I don't think so. And, and the other thing, here's the thing. Here's my main take on this. And I've seen this a lot and I had mixed initial views. Uh, so initial views that were mixed. Um, but as I've seen it, I understand Nintendo knows, let's be honest. Nintendo doesn't always know where the future of, of gaming is. They're not always going to be quick on online, all this other kind of thing. But uh, they can clearly tell where sales are coming from and what is successful about this console. This is a huge seller. Um, I think they're just, they know exactly what's happening. Um, and they know that you, here's the, here's, there's a minority that we see online of the gaming community, um, of people who buy switches. I think the gaming community really is a minority. There's just so many casuals and those are the people who want to play in docked. And those are the people who want to target 1080p or, or dream of a 4k switch. That's, that's not what's selling the console. What's selling the console is random people buying a Switch because of the hype and wanting to play, you know, Stardew Valley on their bus commute. And kids and taking it to school. And kids taking it to school. And I honestly think, and they don't care what the hell the screen looks like. So I think OLED's a weird choice. But also on the flip side, I don't think targeting docked is smart for them. Uh, based on that's not what's that's not what's selling. And the other thing is too, um, if this was a Switch Pro. Um, this is the biggest thing I've seen. They'd be bifurcating their system. It would a Switch Pro would basically mean that there's this, that some people would target the games for a higher end Switch. Some people would target their games for a lower end Switch. There might be certain games that only come out in the Switch Pro, um, and you know uh, Nintendo. Maybe I don't see that as, as that's what happened issue, with the, but... see that's what happened with the new Nintendo 3DS, and and that and then no one ended up developing for the new Nintendo 3DS because it was such a weird niche thing that no one owned. I just don't I don't see that for a, a home console being as big of an issue because we did see we we saw it work so well with PlayStation and Xbox. And here's the thing though, those run like those run like mini computers that that basically set it up to feel like a console. It's like Steam big mode. That's not how Nintendo runs the Switch okay. on Integra CPU. It's not a little computer. It's very stuff has to be extremely optimized to work on a Switch. You know more about um, the technical side I, than me. So again, I'll, I'm not going to be like, but but from what I've seen, just like looking into it, it, it does seem like that would be more of an issue than it was with like Series S, Series X, Xbox One, and all that thing where you can just okay. run it on anything. And some it does seem like they would there could be more of an issue. I'm not saying it definitely would be, but this is more of a, a possible issue for bifurcation because the, the hardware is so specified. It's like a very specific weird architecture. <laughs> so to go along with that, then um, I was already going to set to make the point that I think at this point a Switch Pro is is pointless, and what you're saying is it, it, that that just makes it even more so. <laughs> it makes sense in my mind. Yeah. Um, forget about a Switch Pro. Let's. I mean, we're already what twenty sixteen twenty seventeen five years. Okay, so we're five four, years. Sorry, I'm lying. It's four, four years four into the four and, March, half, four and a half years. It was yeah, okay. Four so four, four and a half years into the switch lifespan. We'll yeah. say. So just start working for the next generation at this point. Work, yeah. work on the yeah. Switch too. Switch Pro at this point, I it is well it's too so late. Nintendo's already Nintendo's already come out saying that the, the Switch is only halfway through its lifespan. 
is is around halfway through its lifespan is what they've been saying um which is really interesting so it's interesting to imagine if they didn't come out with the switch pro and we're using like a mobile processor from 2016 2015 four years from now before the new switch like here's the thing i mean people like the switch but like let's be honest and we've said it before in this podcast nintendo is just Nintendo's greedy and sketchy in terms of their, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, you know, people are paying $80 for ports of games that could just be something that could be bought. People keep buying these and people accept it. The Joy-Con drift issue is a huge issue and they haven't even fixed it. This this OLED Switch continues to have Joy-Con. They have not remotely that mentioned that it's going to be. And, and 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 they're coming out with it. That They could have just said, this this here's the new Switch and we fixed Joy-Con drift and people, that would have been worth buying. Right. Um, and and you know, this and is Nintendo also- Nintendo doesn't care. Nintendo does not care. They just, they know what's selling and they're fine selling it. And if you want that, go buy it. But like expecting them to do something that makes sense at this point is, is almost, it's not worth it. It's the same company that never drops their prices for their first party games. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know? talk to a lot of people, the only system sellers of this are like Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. And are those like some of the best games of, of the last 10 years? Yeah. Um, but are they're still like, full price on a console that that's like the main reason to buy the console anyway yeah and, and to, to to put the price into to context i don't think we mentioned this yet um, no you can get an xbox series s for 50 dollars cheaper than your switch oled so model. so so before you move on from there xbox series s right off the, ta- the bat there's games that are 1080p targeting 120 fps there's games that are 1440p targeting 60 fps on a series s that's nuts that's nuts. Yeah. Right. For for less. For fifty dollars less. And then if you go fifty dollars more, you can get a PlayStation Five, the uh, a, the digital edition. You can get a full on PS Five, uh, which is bananas to me. Like if you can manage to get one, especially digital edition, which can be harder to get sometimes. But um, I think you know, that barring I, that, so I think I'm correct on this that the Switch did launch at three hundred, right? It has it just it hasn't dropped since it has not dropped. It's okay, so. I just don't understand how it's Nintendo, so it's going to sell. But yeah. like this hardware, this isn't three hundred fifty dollars hardware. Um, when you compare no. it to to these brand new consoles that just came out, and this is this is what was already old hardware when it, when it came out, right? It or, or, or lesser it powered it, hardware. It, it was le- it was a mobile chip with uh, that was already I think a year or more old at the time it came out. Like I love um, I love the Switch. I think it is a revolutionary console. I think that the Vita the could have gotten factor, there, but the form factor and the concept of it is just like it's beautiful. It's it, like the 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 theory behind it is incredible. Yeah, the Switch is fantastic. I love my Switch, but this is asking too much. And this like it's always it's one of those things like I I've, I've seen a lot of this uh online lately where people talking about like um this and like bloober team getting silent hill and and other stuff like this like oh it's this is a monkey's paw moment nintendo is like always a monkey's paw yes like where like we we want something and we get something but it's like half of what we want and i don't know but it's it's still gonna sell it's still gonna do really well it's gonna sell uh you know if i i i think after all this blowback i don't it's really turning me off of i've been thinking about maybe i always think go back and forth maybe i'll buy a switch maybe i won't buy a switch i still haven't bought a switch if i were to buy a switch now i would buy this one i'd probably shell out the extra little bit of money because i just why not it's newer it's got the oled yeah it's fine i'm I'm into it um or go for uh, 
honestly like honestly i would go for a light yeah go for point, a light because I'm, I'm not really interested i mean do, i like the idea of dark mode but to be honest i'm gonna play two games and i and i probably just gonna play them like console but uh yeah that being said you know what? i did one last thing on this i'll say before before we go forward is i saw some people say this and i can't guarantee that this is um truth but i did see some people positing that nintendo um con- nintendo's consoles might sell for a little bit more partly because um xbox and playstation like kind of famously sell their consoles at a, a quite a bit of a loss um as, as as they as they launch and then they they make it up in hardware and all this other kind of st- or software sorry and all this other kind of stuff online services okay that's a good point. Um, whereas nintendo um prices their their consoles more fairly to how much they have to spend on it basically like they make profit on the consoles um and then that allows them to to you know whatever make the games whatever they, they say they're they're doing i mean every few years but uh you know they make great games can't but, argue with that but b- before we move on are i, I want to ask you this are is Nintendo going to mess up the next generation? Is it going to be the Wii U of the Switch? Um, Are they going to get really, too cute with it? I think it's really possible. I think already, um, I think they're messing up the Switch. I mean, I'm not saying the Switch isn't selling. Obviously it is. But I just, I feel in my heart that the Switch is like this close in so many little areas to being like double the pricing, like double the sales. Like imagine, I, I know this is pie in the sky but this thing could push out so much more power i know there's there's so much in the terms of space and engineering and things like that but i really feel like they could just have blown this out of the water and they're already kind of not they're just like we're happy with what we got it's good enough um i don't know i think they knocked it out of the park with this and i worry they're going to go the other way too much they're going to go like way too towards hand i don't you know what you stumped me. I really don't know what Nintendo could possibly want to do with next gen that isn't just more Switch. They're hard I think to the Switch is so, so successful for them. It's so interesting. It really defines Nintendo and how the games play. Like if they could get it perfect, it would be the perfect Nintendo kind of console. Um My other so question. I, don't, I just feel like maybe there's gonna be a Switch Pro in like three or four years and they'll just keep making proer switches forever <laughs> my other question to you because you you do understand that the technical side of things more um do you think that this was supposed to be a switch pro and the guts of the system aren't getting the upgrade that they should have because of like the chip shortage that's happening i could be it could be that's a really good point i haven't thought of that um like too much um because, I mean, you look at that, I mean, like, the OLED Switch at least will be able to be sold, whereas, like, they might have been looking at that and going, hey, like, sure, we could make a better Switch, but then no one will be able to buy it, so what's the what's the effing point? Um, I don't really think so. I mean, I, I saw someone point out, it was really interesting, looking at the different Game Boy versions and the different DS versions and how many times they, like, upgraded the screen or made it bigger, True. and then they went to, like, a Pro one later on. And it does make, we were kind of at the point where they would normally make a Pro one, like, they really haven't iterated that much on the Switch compared to, like, you know, I hate to say previous handhelds because I don't really consider the Switch a handheld like some people consider like the DS or the Game Boy. I think it's kind of a weird mix. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, I don't think it was supposed to. I feel in my heart that all we ever saw from leaks was OLED, was screen rumors, was OLED things. A lot of the leaks were really based around the screen, and then that pop, that pushed people to think that they were going to go all the way. Because okay. why would they just make a Switch that was an OLED screen? <laughs> Um, and then the crazy bastards at Nintendo just did it. They just they did made it. a switch that had an they OLED screen, did and, it. and 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 as the the speakers are slightly louder. Um, so like I don't know. The kickstand uh, for, is nice. I don't understand why the kickstand wasn't like that to begin with, but I'm okay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> One last funny thing that I noticed: people were really going through the video and kind of picking out things that were funny. And I, I saw a lot of people pick out the bit where someone's playing. I think it's Splatoon, Splatoon three. 
um, and they had their phone beside them and they were like looking at their phone to talk to their friend. And Nintendo actually made a point in the video to show that you need a phone and the companion app for the Switch <laughs> to be able to do voice chat while you're playing online with your friends, which is why would you even show people that they're like, look, we got voice chat on your phone connected to your Switch. The Switch should just have voice chat. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things left to be desired like why don't we have true virtual console on the switch this oh, is now God. this is now your like all-in-one well Nintendo that's the big thing now too is, system that's the big thing now too is that people there's that there's that i can't speak to it exactly there's that hack or something to be able to emulate on the series s and so many people have brought this up you can buy the series s for 50 dollars less and you can play anything up to like wii or wii u um virtual wow. console through emulators on the series s um, and they run amazing. Wow, uh, which is insane. Uh, so I mean, you're looking at that. You could pay fifty dollars less and play anything that's not like a new Switch title on a Series S, and also then play all the newest third-party games on your 4K TV. Insanity to me. So anyway, that we've said our piece. We'll probably uh, bring this back up on on game groups. I think this is going to really show up on game groups. I think we got uh, we maybe went a little too hard here, but I just I, <laughs> it's it's the big news. Oh well. Or is it the big news? Because there is another huge news, which just really feeds into, we're, you know, it's 2021 in gaming, people. So, of course, Assassin's Creed Infinity was announced. Uh, we've, all, we've all been waiting for just one more uh, franchise to become infinite. And, and now Assassin's Creed is joining the, the fray. Now, this is, I think, really interesting. And I'll let you talk about this a little bit more, Matt, because you're the Ubisoft guy. Um, but I will say um, this is a little interesting because Assassin's Creed is such a, a, a game that... You know what? Actually, you, you go through it a little bit more, and then I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll say my hot take. First off, this was a weird announcement. I don't know if they were, so like, weird. trying to get ahead of leaks or what. But, like, it was just, like, a press release on the website saying, like, so this is what we're working on next. No other details. No visual, no video. Very yeah, strange. it was weird. Basically, what Ubisoft has told us is that... Uh, so normally, Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Quebec alternate um, the as lead developer on uh, the recent Assassin's Creed titles. Okay? Um, so the case now for Assassin's Creed Infinity, Montreal, Montreal and Quebec are going to be working hand-in-hand. Uh, with Quebec taking the the lead on the project, okay? They're, but both development studios are going to have their own game directors. Kind of weird, but they're making the same project together. So it's it's not like those like, like for big games, Ubisoft will have like every single studio helping out. Um, but this is a case where you have two main lead studios at the same time. Uh, so th- clearly, this is a an important project in the minds of ubisoft okay so um quebec they're most recently responsible for assassin's creed syndicate and odyssey they also did um really big uh, really wide uh, variety of quality there between syndicate and odyssey <laughs> I, yeah I, really? I love odyssey um personally yeah. yeah um and then they also did uh immortals phoenix rising um so the idea here is that Assassin's Creed Infinity is going to be more of a live service. Okay, it's going to um, feature an evolving world where we heard this before, uh, with changing mm-hmm. settings. Okay, so um, there might be. This is from Jason Schreier. Um, he gave more details than than the press release. He uh, he said there may be one hub world that leads to various historical settings, 
Um, so the Assassin's Creed games have actually played around with these small uh, live service features since Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have like different events going on in the games. Um, but Infinity is supposed to be going basically all in on this on this one idea. Um, another thing Jason Schreier was saying is that the game is still a long way off and that it likely won't be out until 2024 at the earliest, which also gets me thinking, so does that mean we're not seeing an Assassin's Creed game between now and then, or is there going to be another studio working on it? I'm not, I'm not really sure. I kind of get the feeling that they're just going all in on this, uh, with that franchise. Um, there's one other point I want to make, but, but let's, let's get to you first and then we can uh, evolve the discussion here. Yeah, I just I guess I just wanted to say that um I forget my initial point but it doesn't matter. The main point here is that uh I feel like this makes sense in some ways um but in others not. So, I mean, I think that's the thing with a lot of these games. Here's the thing with I always thought games as a service was interesting uh, in terms of evolving worlds. When you look at stuff like Grand Theft Auto, um it's almost really exciting in the sense that um a game that normally is stagnant story-wise you have it once and then the story's done um can have kind of like beyond dlc can kind of just evolve for years to come like imagine if they kept making deal story dlc for grand theft auto you know six years later pretty cool um so i think there's something to that and being able to it almost keeps games living a little bit longer and, and might let studios you know work on them for longer and put more passion into them hopefully um beyond just i mean obviously the the normal obvious complaints and criticisms are there about about milking people for microtransactions blah 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 but 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 i think there's positives to be seen um but i think especially for a game like ac um that comes up with almost yearly installments it's pretty cool to see this here because instead of buying a new assassin's creed game every game every year they just add a new world to assassin's creed and then your character can change and and flow or you can make new characters and they can you can you can you know share things across those worlds and it has kind of like a, a consistent story could it be like that yes and that is really cool and i think better than how they're currently doing it could it also be a massive mess with a disjointed hub world that doesn't feel like anything? A bunch of half-assed worlds that come out every few years and they're a mess and they don't... It could also be that. I think it's so easy to screw something like this up, um, but also has the potential to revolutionize and make the franchise so much better. Especially in a franchise like, franchise like this, pardon me, where it's a, it's a character from the future going back to all these different times. What an amazing way to have different portals to different worlds, um, right. as it were. So I mean, I think it could go so right or so wrong, and I, I'm interested. It's it's uh you know, I, it's it has a lot of potential. This is Ubisoft getting really meta. Like they are now Abstergo. So like yes, with absolutely like with uh specifically in Black Flag, like the, you know, th- them as the company, you can jump into these different settings, these different historical worlds, and this is oh, this is this feels like that's what this game is going to actually be. Um, yeah. is sort of the what was once a fictional representation of Assassin's Creed now like this is actually what we're doing. Yeah. Um I want to know because not I couldn't find anything about this in the details that were given by Jason Schreier and definitely nothing from Ubisoft but is this an evolving single player game or is this is there going to be multiplayer missions which I think could be cool as long as it's not a multiplayer world with a bunch of different Assassin's Creed characters running around together yeah. but if you if you have like Maybe a party of up to four people doing a mission a co- together. A co-op, a co-op single player kind of experience. Like that's that sounds fun yeah. to me. Um, yeah. 
I don't think it'll work as an MMO light. I think that would right. be really that'd be a huge. It would mistake. be weird. Yeah, uh, but I think that this is really interesting, especially with what we heard about GTA 6, which is supposedly coming out at the same time, and it's also going to have this evolving world. Um, Halo Infinite is yeah. taking a similar approach, um, and this is all coming from the idea that Fortnite had with their evolving Fortnite. world, which they took from <laughs> Fortnite MMOs, is the most right? so. successful thing in the history of time. So. Yeah, I think uh, is I think this the a new trend, Paul? Is this are we going to see this happen with absolutely? More games? I, I see this with everything. Every time we talk on this podcast and a new announcement comes out every week on Game Grooves, it just feels like there's another game announced that has an evolving world. It's going to take a few. I just feel like like we talked about before with GTA, especially. I feel like a lot of games were just in the a lot of companies were on the precipice of doing something like this over the past five ten years, where they made games and then they realized there was all this time afterwards that they could kind of make live live services and keep the games going. And then we see games like Skyrim, and Skyrim obviously didn't do that, but we see games like Skyrim and GTA lasting so long, and then we see G, uh, people like Rockstar actually making it worthwhile to last that long by continuing to sell services and shark carts. Um, I think everyone was just on the precipice of this, and I think they're going to take. Everyone's taking a few years right now. Rockstar's taking a few years. We're seeing 2025. Uh, you know, Ubisoft's taking a few years. We're seeing 2024, and same with Halo Infinite, where they're taking this time to really make a polished uh, game. Sorry, am I lagging a little bit for you? Or am I okay? You're good now. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're seeing this polished game, hopefully, uh, that can last, that can stand the test of time. A game made to last 10 years, not a game that happened to last 10 years. And I, I just feel like everyone's doing it. And I don't blame them. Uh, I mean, when you can just look at Fortnite, when you can just go in on a second season and change the graphics and upgrade them, mm -hmm. you, you can do that on these. Imagine a new console a new console comes out and it just, I mean, sure, ignore the work in the background for the devs, but for a player... You already have the game, and they just upgrade it in the background. Very cool, very interesting. Imagine just having a say. I'm going to play Assassin's Creed, and there's just one Assassin's Creed, and you can play it however you want in so many different worlds. And you go, I'm going to go play the new Assassin's Creed world. Very yeah, interesting, yeah. and I think it. I think it just makes sense. It's more streamlined if they can pull it off and make it actually cohesive. We could see franchises just existing in their own, their own world. Um, I mean, you could take it a million steps further than that, but I think I think that's my prediction for what's going to happen. I think it doesn't even need to be a prediction. It's what's happening. <laughs> this is either a genius new Avenue for this franchise, or it's going to turn out terribly. I don't, I yeah. don't really know. I, I it hope really could tear out terribly. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't, I hope they do it in a way. And I know this is asking a lot, but I hope they do it in a way that's classy and doesn't just feel like a cash grab, even though that's that's maybe what these things are. These trends, are, that's probably, I mean, that's what these trends are. They, 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 yep. they it's happening because it's good for business. Okay. Yep. But I just hope it doesn't come across that way so overtly like it does in yep. some games. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, I think that this, what what other franchises could go this route? Do you think? Do you have anything off the top of your head? I think I don't know off the top of my head, but keep that in mind for game groups. That might be a good game yeah. group, game groups topic. But uh, I think that's something good to think about. I, I think anything, but I think it's really interesting. I, I was going to say, I, if they do, last thing I was going to say is if they do go for this. I mean, they obviously are going for it. Um, go all in, like really go all in. Here's what I don't want: is them making Assassin's Creed Infinite, Infinity, or whatever they're calling it, um, and then. And then they make Assassin's Creed Infinity 2 and they both have hub worlds and they both are, you know, it's like in a couple of years, they make a new right. one with new DLC worlds. And it's like, no, 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 go. I think a lot of people are doing that, but I think if you're going to go for it, go all in, make the game last 10 years, do what everyone's doing. And just like, and you know, 
and just update it. I think that's a really cool idea. I, I'm very interested and also worried for my wallet, but but I am interested. I have um, to imagine that's part partly why they're it's going to take so long. Like, yeah. are they? Is it taking so long because they are like literally going to make five Assassin's Creed games and put them into one? Like, right. You know. Right. Or like five almost. You know, like maybe like something like you know a standalone. <laughs> DLC kind of thing, one of those Sony ones. Like, are we going to see like a Miles Morales sized Assassin's Creed world, but like six of them? Uh, My other thought then, because this is supposed to last, you know, these type of games are supposed to last, right? They're not supposed mm -hmm. to be. Um, I think that's the outdated. idea. Yeah. Um, is it going to look the same? Is it going to be stylized? It, like Immortals almost. Right. Um, might make it easier. Like that's why games like Fortnite yeah. are able to last so long too. And even GTA to a degree was somewhat I think GTA five was was fairly yeah. stylized a little bit and I think that helped. Halo. Halo um, Halo is stylized now. Halo stylized. But Thieves. I think Assassin's Creed not so much. Much more realistic in the graphics. So yeah, maybe they will take a different cue in there. And maybe if not, they might have to come up with different infinities. A lot to think about. I think this I think we'll talk more about infinity on game groups. I think this is a really interesting a huge I know Michael have a lot huge to say shift. about it. Mike's a big huge Assassin's Creed fan. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that a lot. Hopefully we didn't uh go through too many too much of the topics today but oh my goodness it's just today was a day um speaking of gonna skip ahead a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, circle back now but speaking of games um that you know companies are going where the money is i think that's really key I mean, you, you mentioned that companies are going where the money is and i think that's a big thing about um this is is selling assassin's creed copies every year every other year really may not be more profitable than selling dlc than selling microtransactions than having a live service and we can see that right now with the the Pokemon Company and Niantic. Pokemon Go has officially earned five billion dollars in lifetime revenue after only five years. Uh, insane. I think we all remember the summer of 2016. Uh, I saw a post that was like, "Oh, could you imagine if the summer of 2020 had been like the summer of 2016? How much better that would have been?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that was, that, that, that was a fun summer. That was really enjoyable. It was a fun time." And uh, but yeah, so that was a great time. Uh, but but in addition. 2020 alone, you say you want it to be like 2016, but 2020 alone made $2 billion for Pokemon Go. Not Pokemon entirely, Pokemon Go. Uh, you know, in the in the show notes, I said nearly $2 billion. Yep. I think it was like 1.9 or something like that. So, I, yeah. you know, just a difference of $100 million. Oh, yeah, just a different story. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know what? If you have 1.9, I'll let you round up. I'll call it a roundup for that for you because that's uh, may as well brag a little. You earned it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's pretty insane. Um, I, I've, I've dabbled. I got I actually got back into Pokemon Go a couple months ago and was playing a little bit. But uh, I just don't go out enough walking around and, and, and that kind of thing. But it was hard with the dog. I'd walk the dog. I'd try to play Pokemon Go. He'd start tugging. <laughs> he'd start pooping. I'm trying to catch a, you know, a, Mew, a Mewtwo. Not Mewtwo. Definitely not. More like a, a Pidgey. But Noddish. A yeah. I think it's a Noddish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Pokemon Go. I don't know, Matt. Uh, what do you think about this? I I'm honestly a little surprised. I I just I guess it makes sense when I think about it, but to me that number just seems huge, uh, considering. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, look at me. I barely played Pokemon Go, and I've probably spent five or ten bucks in it over like the course of the five years. Like a couple times, the few times I picked it up, I like buy a few new Pokeballs to get started. Yeah, I so I haven't personally played it since the year it came out. 
I don't like know who's still playing it. Like you'll you'll it's funny there's though. There's a like, lot. You'll there's random, a weird amount. You will randomly see people just like you'll you'll see them on their phone and you'll see like, oh, they've got Pokemon Go up. Yeah. Um So before the show I looked this up because I was curious and I felt like I weirdly felt like five billion in five years for one of the biggest mobile games wasn't actually that much. I don't know why. I've just come to ass- yeah. to, to assume that it's like stupid money in mobile games, yeah. but yeah, but it is actually way up there. Like uh, Candy Crush is, was what I looked at, and they've only crossed a billion in a in in a calendar year. I think once maybe in 2019, yeah, yeah. Um, which is incredibly impressive. But yeah. Uh, it just goes to show that Pokemon Go is is still thriving. In fact, it's having its best years yet. I mean that that is that's the thing is like it's just so much money. So it's it's so easy to understand why mobile is is such a business focus now yeah. for you know in games yeah. and microtransactions um, and things like that. Like yeah. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to buy Pokemon Go. You can play Pokemon Go happily, spending no money. Yeah, but people do. People do. People spend five billion dollars. I wonder. Oh. I, I wonder what. You know, for for Pokemon Go, are normal people tossing a few bucks, you know, to, to the game, or is it mostly whales like a lot of other mobile games? I think it's both. I think it's people. I think it's a combination, right? I'd like to know that percentage, but but, but I, I I it's probably the same thing, right? It's a few people spending a couple bucks here and there, probably, uh, and yeah. then, and then it's whales, and, and I think it's there's probably a little middle ground. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I saw, I saw some people mention they've added so much to the game, raids, gyms. Um, they've really added, you know, trading player. You, know, you can do so much in the game now that you couldn't do when the game came out in 2016. And I saw a lot of people talk about this. How much more would they have made if they'd come out with that, those features off the top? Um, it's interesting to wonder. And, uh, I don't think they really care. Um, it's a classic Pokemon company move, uh, you know, undersell, give people less than what they actually even right. want, really know. And, and you still make hand over fist money. Um, it's, it's great that they're even bothering to, to keep it up, but I mean, obviously why not? They're making so much money out of it, but, uh, curious you know. to see how they do this year, considering the changes, how they're reverting back to the pre, yeah. uh, pre pandemic gameplay. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've gotten rid of a lot of those features where you could play, not have to go outside and stuff as much. And uh, mm-hmm, yeah. it, it got me playing less, to be honest, because I had to actually do stuff again. <laughs> two two billion dollars last year. That's a lot of money, Paul. Uh, I was going to say too. One last thing um, about this is is AR games, and this might be something to talk about in groups too. Maybe, but maybe not. We kind of touched this already. But AR games. I feel like here's the thing. Everyone's trying to make Pokemon Go now, and, and they're way late. But maybe it doesn't matter if they're way late because Pokemon Go is making more money every year. Um, but I just saw that I got advertised for The Witcher uh, game that's Pokemon Go. It's, oh. it's like you run around. Yeah, you run around and you catch oh, monsters. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing. That's that's just about to come out. I think uh, in July. In July here, um, there's a Harry Potter one. Yeah, my wife has ones. played the Harry Potter one yep. every day for like the last. I mean, year. there's there's of course the original Ingress, which Niantic uh, made and, and laid the found uh, the groundwork for Pokemon Go. Um, can anyone do it? I, I I don't. I mean, I think a lot of the people are using the same technology. I think Niantic's working with a, a bunch of these companies because they just have all of the the the, uh, the data yeah. that's needed for the data points. Um, that was the whole point of kind of making Ingress so they could mine all that data. People would give them all the the points, and then they could they could monetize it into something like Pokemon Go. I, I would imagine. Uh, but that being said, I think it only works with Pokemon. 
I, Pokemon are so just perfect. so ubiquitous. Everyone likes Pokemon. They're cute or they're cool or you played them as a kid or your kids played them uh, or your grandkids played them. Everyone knows them. They're adorable. The entire thing is based around catching them and, you, and the whole point is to catch all of them, yeah. which I think is the big difference between something like The Witcher where it's like, oh, kill all the monsters. Your whole goal in The Witcher isn't to kill all the monsters or the whole the, the slogan of Harry Potter isn't you know, uh, meet every magical creature. The slogan right. of Pokemon is got to catch them all. It's, it's perfect. So, it's absolutely perfect. I just think no one else can touch it. I, I, I don't, I saw people bring up this question, you know, is this going to be a future for AR games? I don't think so. I think, I think Pokemon go is just this yeah. magic, perfect combination. Um, that, that, that just, it's a perfect team up. I'm trying like to think right now. And I, I just, I can't think of another property that they was, that they could even no. come close. Like no, Pokemon no. is is just is perfect for this. Like you said, it everyone knows it. It's all about catching them all. They're cute creatures that everyone loves. Um, it 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 emulates the show where you're actually going out on an yes. adventure to catch them. So like in long, you go to long grass, you go to the beach, yeah. you go where they are. It's 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 just perfectly tuned. Whoever. I, I don't know. I'd love to see the room where Niantic met with the Pokemon company and they, and they said, Hey, you have this technology and we have this property. Just, it, they, I just, I feel like everyone was probably like grinning from ear to ear about how perfect <laughs> yeah. this combination was. Cause it's perfect. Um, so, so huge grats to them. Uh, Matt, I think you also wanted to talk a little bit about the other little Pokemon news we had too. I know we're running. Oh, kind of yeah, long, yeah, but... yeah. So on a related note, <laughs> um, a small Pokemon themed nature park called Pokemon wonder is going to be coming to Tokyo next year in 2022. Great name. Uh, yeah visitors are going to be able to walk around the park to look for different types of pokemon that are created from natural materials so the examples that were given were like a, a metapod woven from a palm leaf or an ammonite carved from stone or hoot hoot sculpted from wood so that's kind of cool um but it, it is it's actually being run by the pokemon company the weird yep. part it's so we know it'll probably be a mess <laughs> the weird part is that it's only open july 17th to august 3rd so this is like it's like pop up. What is that? Two weeks? Yeah, it's like Basically a, it's like like a two pop, and a half weeks. It's like a pop up art installation kind of thing. So that's uh, that's kind of cool. strange. But I, I yeah, when I saw this, it was also like, I think this is like really small. It's basically like an acre. So like, they used a funny term. They used like forty four thousand square feet. They they try right. to make it sound like a, they used a big number, but right. the number is like one like two square kilometers or something, or not even. It's it's funny how they use the numbers for that, but. Uh, I think it's awesome. I, you know what? I think this is a testing ground. Um, yeah, for, it could be. This is, a, this is a testing ground for an art installation. We're seeing more and more of these pop-up art installations. We're seeing them be more mainstream. Um, I'm there's that. Uh, I know that was the big thing that I'm. We're Rachel and I at some point are going to go to. There's one they're doing like a Van Gogh thing where you like have these big Van Gogh things um, videoed on the walls Whoa, and it's like cool. uh, immersive. It's called immersive Van Gogh. Okay. Um, and and uh, it's a drive-up thing they can do right now for COVID, which is pretty cool. So you can go in and have to interact with people. Um, but yeah, it's it's very cool. And then once it worked in Toronto, they moved it to New York and they're moving it to other places. And I think we're going to see similar things with Pokemon. I think Pokemon Wonder could really be something that we're going to see, you know, in Bryant Park in New York, like like where they did Pokemon Day originally, or we'll see that maybe in, in other big cities where they can take, because it's such a, it's built around this bespoke small thing, um, they can put it in small green space. It doesn't have to be a massive space. Yeah. Um, and they can really move it around the world. It's cool. Cool. Why not? It sounds fun. Yeah, go, go play <laughs> some real-life Pokemon Snap when that comes. Yeah, if, that if sounds you're like in a and around Tokyo. Literally, too. I mean, you'll, that's what everyone's going to be doing, taking pictures of the Pokemon when they find them. It's a blast. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's the exact opposite of Pokemon Go, where everything's in this digital world. They're actually making it in a real world, um, but you can't catch them, unlike in Pokemon Go. So now, <laughs> it's kind of a fun. 
in the future, I, I do. I would love to see a park with a bunch of animatronic Pokemon. That'd be kind of cool. Don't eat. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see that. That would that would be perfect. And uh, I mean, they can make a whole Pokemon theme park. I really feel like totally. Um, I don't know why they yeah. haven't. I honestly think Nintendo should 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 do that and then have a Pokemon World. I think they should. Re- I mean, the fact that there isn't. I think. Well, they are. They, lying? they have the I think Nintendo. In Japan, there is a Nintendo theme park, right? I think I don't know if it's open yet. I think it was all delayed because right. of COVID. But it looks amazing from it's what I remember small. seeing. For, yeah. from, from what I understand, it's a very small theme park. So it's a it's a terrible and like theme parks, and especially like really specialized theme parks trying to do the Disney thing. Uh, it's a from what I've heard, it's a terrible investment. <laughs> just yeah, a terrible. Just like unless you nail it and you have like just infinite stores of money, it can bankrupt you. It almost bankrupt Disney in the nineties. So it's yeah. a rough it's a rough go of it. Uh, and finally. Matt, just heading in. Last thing, just to keep you guys excited for tomorrow, for Thursday, uh, Sony announced a state of play at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, something we'll have something to talk about on Friday after all this awesome news dropped uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Matt, what do you think we're going to see at the state of play? Um, so it's going to be 30 minutes long, and it's going to primarily be showcasing Deathloop. Uh, cool. They're also going to have some indies and some other third-party games uh, that they're going to feature as well. I'm excited to see more of Deathloop. I would love to actually have yeah. an idea of what the game really is. It looks cool, yeah. but I don't really know it what does. it is. Um, so not much more to say. But yeah, look for it tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, watch the state of play. And uh, hopefully yeah. we'll be talking about it for uh, Friday's replay. Yeah, hopefully some exciting stuff comes out. It'll be worth talking about on Friday's replay. Or maybe you'll hear about it on Game Groups. Maybe there'll be some Deathloop stuff we might want to talk about. You never know. Um, we definitely have a lot of people, I feel like, in the Goodnight Groups who are fans of that kind of game play, especially uh, you and Mike, I feel like will be interested in that. So yeah, worth thinking about. Uh, and interesting to note, Deathloop, I think, is will be one of the last um, non-exclusive Bethesda games, non-Xbox exclusive Bethesda games uh, coming out. I think there might be one other one. Uh, Ghostwire um, Tokyo. Yes, um, Ghostwire Tokyo. But I don't think Ghostwire Tokyo is PlayStation exclusive. It's timed exclusive. Yeah. Uh, but I think I, mean the la- I guess the last game that isn't going to go isn't going to be a Microsoft correct. exclusive. Correct. Uh, these are the last two, I think. Right. So I don't. I don't think Deathloop. I think that might be exclusive, like forever. I don't know if that's ever coming to. Yep, Xbox. Which uh, they, yeah. they might I'm be able sure to find some sure, way to work. I don't out, know. But. They probably locked those deals up tight. I think they've kind of given. They're like, hey, yeah, you guys finished making that. Have a good time. We got you for the rest of time, baby. Phil True. Spencer's over True. there, just like cackling to himself. He's like, you can have Deathloop. We'll take Starfield. <laughs> I will say, don't expect DLC for Deathloop. Don't expect yeah. much post-launch support. Which is sad because I'm I'm sure it's going to be a, a good game that devs have put a lot of time and work into. So I mean, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, if it if it hits, maybe they'll be able to put some some stuff in there for those who love it. And that's after God, it feels like just forever. But I just what a great day that is a going to be it for the GG replay. It's a beefy uh, for, one for today. It was a beefy one because there was just some great news, and honestly, we had some some hot takes we needed to get off of our chests. I'm sure we're going to get to the game groups now. Talk about this will be all the topics we're going to talk about this week probably. <laughs> and we're just Matt and I, Matt and I let's be silent. Um, <laughs> Because we've, we've expended it all. Um, if you loved GG Replay today, if it if it didn't take too long to listen to, you had to, li- you know, the commute ended. You walked into your house. You're still listening to GG Replay. You're like, you're really, making these a, guys are still talking? You're making a PB&J. You're feeding your you're dog. Ma- you're making a manwich. And you're like, really? They're still talking? Uh, if you enjoyed it and you loved it and you like all of our other content on Goodnight Grooves, 
or you haven't even heard of our other content on Goodnight Grooves, head on over to goodnightgrooves.com because that's a great place. And if you really like it, head on over to patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves because we would love your support. We have uh, three different current support tiers, $1, $3, uh, $5, $3, I believe, is where you start getting most of the perks. $1 just because you think we're nice guys. Um, we would love to hear from you. We would love the support. Any any and all is appreciated. Even if you just want to send us some nice emails, some messages, some comments, uh, like it, share it with your friends. It's all great for us. Um, in addition, if you aren't listening to us on your commute and you're thinking, man, I'd love to listen to these guys because right now I'm just sitting in front of my computer and like this would be much better to listen to while I was making a PB&J and my phone wasn't uh, wasting battery with the screen on. Well, I'll tell you, we have a podcast too. If you're watching on YouTube, this exists as an audio-only podcast uh, on on any podcast provider. Uh, if we're not on a podcast provider, uh, please let us know because we'd love to get on there. So when I say any, I mean we think any. We really just tell us if we're not. Uh, please also drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would love it. Matt, tell them how much we would love it. We would love it so much. We would be sell, so really sell it. We really would be sell so it. appreciative of you now we 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 would love a few if you do that and then you head over to the patreon as well but but we would absolutely love a (laughs) five-star apple podcast review especially since the show is still new it's pretty crucial for uh people finding us in the future so go ahead go do that we we will love you forever if you haven't turned us off yet if you're still listening we also have a tiktok and we're working on making some tiktok content right now it's mostly reposts of some of our best bits from game grooves but if you're interested in game grooves and you don't want to commit to the whole thing go check it out maybe you'll hear some funny bits and you'll be enticed to listen to the whole thing so feel free to check out goodnight grooves on tiktok or any really any social media as well most of our stuff's getting on there we're on instagram reels we're, we're throwing it all at the wall we're seeing what happens uh so yeah that will be it for this week uh well this day not this week feel free to tune in on friday for more gg replay but for now Good night, Griffs. You know, Paul, if we did the fusion dance, I would understand the technical aspects of game hardware better. Honestly, you would, and I would actually probably enjoy playing so many more games than I currently do, which is mostly just me playing Dead Cells on repeat. Um, also, I feel like when I did my little salute, it kind of looked like the fusion dance. Should we end on a fusion dance? Maybe we should. We should just like a little. So I have to go this way, right? Yes. So this yes. Makes sense? Okay. So I don't remember it exactly. I think it's like. But I, it's like fusion. Wait, ah. huh? Right, and then we. Oh no! Wait, sorry, it's the other way. It's like a oh, fusion. Wait. You do. You're doing it right. So show me what you're doing, and then I'll copy you. Okay. We start this way. Yep. Okay. Fusion. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Let's just, just, let's just touch the fingers. Touch Nope. Lower, oh God, lower, not... lower. <laughs> lower. Okay. So if they don't touch perfectly, that means we turn into a weird maladaptive version oh, of ourselves. God. So now we're, instead of being Maul or uh, Pat, we are, uh, well, I don't know. We're just probably like an ugly version. So. All right. <laughs> Enjoy that, it. everyone out there. And have, and for, uh, sorry for the audio only listeners who didn't get to watch this <laughs> play around like idiots, but feel free to check it out on video if you ever get a chance. All right. I'm off to go edit that part out. See you guys. Yeah. I'm off to fall asleep. Bye, guys.